0: Well, in Scripture, discussions and verses about horses and donkeys occur well over a hundred times. One of the more interesting verses, Exodus 13, 13, probably not a familiar verse, but is a key verse for understanding the spiritual life. It says, every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, thou shall kill it. Very uh, interesting verse. We'll see what that means here in just a moment. I love Jerry Savell though, who says this. You have the right to experience the blessing of God in operation every day of your life. You have the right to experience the blessing of God in operation every day of your life. That is true because you have a rightful inheritance in Christ to claim all the blessings as yes and amen in Christ." Now, many people are going to say, I I don't think that the blessing of God is is daily in my life or meant to be daily. It's it's a a once-in-a-while thing, and they kind of have a humdrum life, and they kind of go through daily life just going through the grind. The reality, as we'll see today, and when you understand what's going on with this donkey, you'll understand that you have the right to expect and to know and live the blessings of God in daily life. Think about Galatians chapter 3. Verse 16, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promises. So think about what he says here. Paul says if you're in Christ, you're a joint heir in Christ. You're an heir of the promises to Abraham. Why Abraham? He's the first guy to respond in faith to the promise, the covenant of God. He inherits all the blessings. And now if you're in Christ, those same blessings to Abraham. Abraham are yours and they are mine to be lived out daily. If you're not experiencing that, we'll talk about how you can begin to know that by experience, but just know promises were given to Abraham to be blessed. If you're in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed heirs to those same promises D.L. Moody, for those who who may be feeling, you know, less than deserving, think about Moody back in the 1800s. He said this, Moses spent 40 years thinking he was somebody, 40 years learning he was nobody, and 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. What a great statement. What God can do with all the nobodies in life, we'll see uh, again what it means to be an heir in Christ. You know, think about Ed Sawuski here for those that may wrestle with doubt about the promises of God. Love this here. He says, we read in the book of Judges that Gideon really didn't want to fight the Midianites. How could God beat such a powerful armed force with the horseless Israelites? But God promised Gideon a victory. Still, Gideon doubted. When the entire nation of Israel turned from God, God still reached out to them through prophet Elijah. Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal. The people stood back watching, not willing to offer their allegiance to either side until something happened. And God surprised the Israelites with an extraordinary act to win them back. Moving to the disciples of Jesus, Jesus' catchphrase with them became, why do you have so little faith? So if you're struggling with doubt, as we see over and over again in scripture, Jesus can work with it. The math of faith is this. A little faith is greater than a lot of doubt. Hope you'll keep that math formula in mind day to day. A little faith is greater than a lot of doubt. Again, Paul, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. You are then heirs according to that promise. And again, you might look at things in life and say, you know, what about this stuff that's happening? Or what about this stuff that's happening? Keep in mind, as Laura's story shares, am I going to let my circumstances determine my view of God? Or am I going to let God determine how I view my circumstances? You know, you go back uh, to 1700s, uh, Pastor John Gill, he did a commentary love what he had to say about Paul's words here uh, a great prophetic statement beautifully put but if you think about well what are all the blessings of, of Abraham there, there are too many to count i love how John though, 300 years ago summarizes those blessings the spiritual children of Abraham are the children of the promise heirs of the blessings of the grace of life of eternal inheritance Of everlasting salvation, of all spiritual blessings of the covenant of grace, of the incorruptible, undefiled inheritance of the saints in light. That's true Monday morning in a traffic jam. It's true this moment. It's true every moment. To be able to say, I have a right to expect and to experience the blessings of God in daily, life, in daily life. It's not just a sometime thing. It's not a special moment thing. As you'll see when you understand the donkey, it's something that is yours daily. And you have to apprehend it. You have to take hold of it. You have to declare it. You have to pray it. You have to speak it forth. You know, as, as Ken Gobbs shared, your life moves in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. And if your thoughts are of lack, If your thoughts are of God is distant or if your thoughts are God doesn't care, you're going to have an experience that matches those thoughts. But if you ground your thinking in scripture and says, I'm an heir in Christ, all those blessings are mine and daily declare his favors on my life, his favors on my marriage, his favor goes before me because I am in Abraham, a seed because Christ has placed me in that place of prominence, a joint heir in Christ. As Robert Morris shared, a man or woman blessed by God may or may not be wealthy by the world standards, but he or she enjoys a quality of life most billionaires would envy. Daily, walking in that promise that I'm an heir to the blessings of Abraham. I'm an heir in Christ to all things in Scripture as yes and Amen. So expect it and experience it and live it and know it. Let's go back to Exodus 13. This is a discussion about the Passover where the donkey appears. But notice the first part of Exodus 13. Consecrate, that word means set apart for a special purpose. Consecrate or set apart to me the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel Here's the key, including man and beast, it is mine. First thing that happens here is is the statement, the clarity that the firstborn belongs to God, the firstborn of man and beast. What does that mean? They're meant to be set apart for a special calling dedicated to God. So stop and understand the firstborn, whether man or beast, Belongs to God. Not all things belong to God, but in the context here at Exodus 13, firstborn of man or beast belongs to God. Can God share it like this? Our thinking controls our believing, our believing controls how we talk. Negative thinking can never produce positive results. Our thinking, when it becomes the mind of Christ that dominates our thinking, That changes what we believe about daily life. And what we believe then changes how we talk, how we pray, how we confess, how we speak, how we declare. Again, there's two options here for that firstborn of the animals. Notice the next part of Exodus 13 verse 12. You shall set apart, again, consecrate, To the Lord, all that open the womb, every firstborn that comes from an animal shall be the Lord's. In Scripture, there's the discussion about the animals. Some are called clean. Some are called unclean. A broad definition, not the only definition of what that means, is clean animals could be eaten. Part of the sacrifice then would be come dinner, Unclean animals could not be offered as a sacrifice. So you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. Every firstborn of an animal shall be the Lord's. Now hold on to that thought and let's look at something Reverend Joseph Benson said back in the 1800s. Talking about clean animals, again, to be set apart. Every firstling male of the clean beast, such as a cow, sheep, or goat, was to be offered in sacrifice. You find more of that discussion in Numbers 18. If it was a clean animal, the firstborn, it was brought as a sacrifice, an offering, could be a thanksgiving offering, could be a sin offering, and you know, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins, and so when you recognize sin in your life, it costs a life, and that was a stark reminder of the wages of sin is what? Death. And so it then was a a graphic reminder of the cost of missing the mark. Offered and sacrificed the firstborn, cow, sheep, or goats. Love this here from Jerry Savelle, though. We'll never walk in the fullness of our kingdom privilege if we stay engaged with the world. Because all of its distractions are designed to keep us walking within the world's limitations. You want to walk in the world's limitations? Think like the world. Talk like the world. You want to walk in the inheritance of Christ? Stop and understand what's happening here in Exodus 13. Because this promise is in operation every day of your life. The world wants to distract you and me from living, knowing, experiencing what it is to be an heir to the promise of Abraham, a joint heir in Christ to all the blessings as yes and amen in him. It's our thinking that controls our believing. Our believing controls our actions. Here's a daily prayer to just begin to speak every day. Simply, Lord, I receive the blessings you have for me today. Just begin every day and say, Lord, I receive the blessings you have for me today. To expect and experience those blessings, you'll see why here as we continue Exodus 13. Every firstborn belongs to God, set apart as an offering, unless it's an unclean animal. Now there's two options for the unclean, the clean animal offered as a sacrifice. And here's the key. Exodus 13, 12 and 13. Let's talk about an unclean animal. The donkey's considered unclean. You shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey You shall redeem with the lamb, and if you will not redeem it, thou shalt die. So there's two options here for the unclean animal. According to Old Testament law, sacrificed or redeemed. There was no third option. The clean firstborn had to be sacrificed. The unclean firstborn had to be redeemed with a clean animal or it was killed. Again, listen to the words. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, you shall kill it. So what's happening here? Does God just not like donkeys or horses? Well, we know better. Throughout scriptures, they play a a key role in in many places. Just think about uh, Joseph and Mary. She rides on a donkey to Bethlehem. Think about Jesus Riding in on Holy Week on a donkey. So what's taking place here? Think about John chapter 1. When John the Baptist looks at Jesus and he says what? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Or Romans 5, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What's happening here in this picture being painted in Exodus 13? Donkeys are unclean, stubborn, resistant. If you went to the the temple and you had a donkey, the priest was going to look at you and say, either you pay the price of redemption to spare that donkey's life, or you kill that donkey. I know family was going to kill the donkey. It was part of their family. It was also useful for work on the farm. Again, what's happening here? Same thing's happening every day in your life and my life. The donkey, resistant, stubborn, unclean. You had two choices, either kill it or redeem it, which means purchase it from death or slavery. What price did you have to pay to purchase that donkey? It was the price of a lamb. You and I, yet sinners, unclean, stubborn, resistant like the donkey. Death was over our life because of sin until the, the perfect lamb, Christ, was sacrificed in our stead. And, and we were redeemed. This picture here of the, the donkey, the statement either redeem it or it dies. That's our daily experience in Christ. Unclean, stubborn, resistant. Facing death. Until the perfect land redeemed us. And gave us life. If you read then later on in Exodus 23, as this discussion continues about the firstborn, listen to the wording here, bring the best of the firstfruits fruits to so the house of the Lord your God. Bring the best of your firstfruits. 1 first Corinthians 15, it says, Christ is raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. What's the picture? When God says you have to pay the price of your firstborn, he gave his first for you and me. And then he calls to us and says, Don't just bring any first fruit. Don't bring your leftovers. Don't bring what you don't need. Now bring your best. Because he offered all things so that you and I could know life. That's why the blessings, the inheritance in Abraham, it's not just a a sometime thing. Every promise you find in scripture has been purchased by the blood of Christ. So as you and I say, the promise is spoken to Abraham or spoken to his seed. And in Christ, I am part of Abraham's seed. So I'm heirs of all those promises. That's why every day we can stop and say, Scripture is going to determine how I think. How I think is going to determine how I believe. How I believe is going to determine how I act. So I'm going to be grounded in him, that purpose, that perfect lamb that purchased those resistant, stubborn ones. So they might be spared the sentence of death and now be given life. Weirsby said, God never made a promise too good to be true, but Every promise must be claimed by faith, and unless the promises of God are mixed with faith, they accomplish nothing. When you and I stop and say, it's not a sometime thing that I'm blessed in Christ. It's every day. When the enemy comes in like a flood and says that doesn't apply to you, you're going to confess even louder. God's favors on my life. God's favors on my marriage. He endorses me today. His favor goes before me. The promises are yes and amen in Christ. I have the promise to claim healing. I have the promise to, to claim righteous marriage. I have the promise to claim the power of prayer of my household. I have the promise to walk in no And if I say unto this mountain, "Be thou moved," it shall be uplifted, cast into the sea. So no obstacles are going to stand between me and my destiny in Christ. I have the promise to declare and to know that I have joy unspeakable in Christ. And if the enemy is trying to steal that, you have the promise to know that you have the power in Jesus to bind him and cast him out. Claim your rightful inheritance. Not sometimes, not for a moment, but every day to walk in faith. Just like that donkey that then went home from the temple, his life redeemed by the sacrifice of a lamb. A valuable part of the family then that was useful. And all throughout scripture is a picture of triumph and peace and victory. Same with our life. Sentence of death there because of sin, but now redeemed by the Lamb. But not just redeemed to barely get by, but redeemed to live the life more than conquerors in Him. Overcoming the world. These words have to be apprehended by faith, spoken out by faith, declared by faith, and then in faith, we say, I bring my best first fruits to God, the first fruits of my giving, the first fruits of my patience, the first fruits of my love, the first fruits of my passion, the first fruits of my holiness, the first fruits of giving every day to Jesus, saying, This is my offering to you. As Lauren L. Harris sang, You paid much too high a price for me. Your tears, your blood, the pain. To have my soul just stirred at times yet never truly changed. You deserve a fiery love that won't ignore your sacrifice because you paid much too high a price. So I pray every time we see a, a horse, a donkey, these words come back. Every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem with a lamb and if you will not redeem it, thou shalt kill it. Of course, they redeemed it, stubborn, resistant, bought with a price, just like you and me. So we might then live daily, offering the first fruits, the best first fruits unto him who made that first offering sacrifice of his own son, that we might be redeemed, set apart to live the life that is truly life.